Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance, Authors at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today we are interviewing Lynn Painter. She is the author of Mr. Wrong Number, a rom-com that's out from Berkeley Romance. We were contacted by the publisher. Thank you so much, Berkeley, for thinking of us. And I had the legitimate best time talking to her. First of all, I feel like we're, like, maybe sisters from another mister or something. And our husbands sound disarmingly similar. We talked all about our favorite romances, favorite authors, what we love about that sort of bantery chemistry. This was just a goddamn blast. Lynn, if you're listening, I love you. This was so fun. Let's be friends. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this. So without further ado, Lynn Painter, let's get this shit poppin'. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, you guys, we have a Lynn Painter here, and I'm super excited because last night I crushed, crushed her new book, <laughs> Mr. Wrong Number. And when the blurb was sent to me, I was super excited because, as you guys on listeners know, I love when there's like a text message exchange or an email exchange or something like that because I feel like some of the best like witty banter happens because people can can write things that they might never say. And I loved that your book, it was like even someone they didn't even know. So it like gave that level of like, no fucks given because yes. I can do whatever I want to even more. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about like how you came up with the idea of, of, of the book. Well, the idea kind of started, my agent and I were just saying, hey, I think since I'm, I had a couple YA under contract and you're kind of stuck for a while before you can write something else because of competitive clauses and stuff. And so we were like, oh, I think we're going to try writing an, an adult rom-com. Mm. And then it was right in the beginning of the pandemic. And I remember seeing somewhere on the wild interweb, a thing about number neighbors. And I haven't heard of anything about it since, but I remember reading that people would like, if your number was five, 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 you would text five, 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 six and be like, Hey, number neighbor. You know, it was Uh, something ludicrous, but I was like, Oh, that'd be a funny way for two people to meet and start texting. And then my agent, thank God. She was like, well, I've never heard of that. That sounds weird. Maybe you should do wrong number instead. And I'm so glad she said that because I've never heard of it again. <laughs> but that kind of spurred the idea. But I'm with you. I absolutely love, because I think we all even find this about ourselves. Like I'm way funnier mm-hmm. via text. That I'm not really that funny of a person in real life. I'm awkward <laughs> and don't really know how to talk to people, but I can email. You know what I mean? For sure. And so I... uh that's my favorite thing. Like if I could write a whole book that's just texting, yeah. I would be so happy, especially yeah. with a wrong number. I just thought that was so much fun to play with because especially I keep saying, especially anyways, um, <laughs> you know, um, when they, the two main characters kind of make an agreement right on that they want to stay anonymous. Like they've mm-hmm. each seen catfish. They know it never works out to expect it to be anything more. And so there's like a comfort in that for them, knowing we are eternally anonymous. We are never going to meet. So you can absolutely be your authentic self. And it was so fun to write to people never having to worry about being cool, you know? I I agree. I also 100% agree with you about like funnier over text messages or emails and stuff. Um, I do think I'm quite funny in real life, but (laughs) I have a whole podcast where I talk and make people laugh all day. But um when I was back in my Tinder days and I first joined dating apps, I had the best time. 
people are always like, oh, it's so hard. I was having like the craziest conversations because what do I care? If I don't want to meet this fool, I'll just block him. Like, I don't need right. to worry about this. And I would, I mean, one of my friends read one of my text message trades and she's like, Bridget, this is dirty. And I was like, I know it's great. Because again, I didn't even meet that person ever. We just had like a three week, just like incredibly like raunchy fun exchange. And it was wonderful. And I like, but I also didn't put pressure on myself that like, oh, I have to, this yeah. has to be the right person and I have to meet everyone. I was just texting people crazy questions and seeing like, what are you going to say? Because my now husband I met on a dating app and, um, and like, you know, his response, I was like, you know, who wants to go watch, you know, three movies in a row at the movie theater and then have dinner and talk about them. He's like, that sounds like the best day of all time. And I was like, great. Like, let's do that. So I, um, you know, it's got to be the right response, but right. um, it's so much fun. And I had so much fun reading your book. Talk to me a little bit about like the, the evolution or like the writing difference, I guess, between a, a YA rom-com versus an adult rom-com. You know, for me, it's kind of weird because I don't think of it like I think I honestly write them exactly the same because in my mm-hmm. head, I think if I ever thought like, oh, I want to write books for teens, like, oh, mm-hmm. a teen audience, right. I think it would mess. You know, I've got kids, I've got teenagers, sure. it might mess with me. But for me, it's more like, oh, I have a funny idea. Okay, the main character's in high school and this happens, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose I'm a little more intentional about some things like I'm all for sex in YA. If it, right. if it's in there, if uh, it makes sense in, in an organic way, I'm fine right. with it. I mean, teens are having sex, sure. sex positivity is important. I'm great with that. But um, like in my YAs, my goal is I'm writing like a rom-com in my head. That's similar to rom-com movies where, where sure. the whole thing is about the journey to the first kiss or the getting there, you know, when you look at the like 10 things I hate about you or, or all of those movies at the end is kind of like, like, Ooh, they're together at the end. So in YA, I didn't really ever feel like it felt right to throw them together into like a hookup when they aren't a Mm -hmm. thing yet, you know, but aside from that, I feel like my writing process really isn't any different, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's because it's rom-com and I'm not, trying to tackle a heavy subject matter or something. Yeah. I, so I was stalking you on the internet, obviously doing my research. And I really mm-hmm. liked what you said in a different interview about how you want your books to feel like escapism. Like you watch rom-coms to escape. I'm the exact same way. I love rom-coms. Like my family makes fun of me all the time. And I'm like, no, there is nothing more satisfying than sitting down and knowing at the end, it'll all be okay. No matter yes. what happens during that movie, no matter how crazy it is, no matter who hurts who, who says stupid stuff, the angstiness, I know at the end, my heart will hurt and I will be so happy and I will be fulfilled <laughs> and life will be okay still. And like, that's what I want, especially, I mean, especially in the last two years, like I find it very hard to watch dark content because yes. I'm like, no, no, no. The world is dark. I need to be uplifted. That's our goal. When we made the podcast, we wanted to stay out of like, we didn't want to be in any drama, like around anything. We just wanted to talk about books, interview authors we liked and have fun and make people laugh. And we've had multiple like fans. It's so nice. Like reach out and say like, this has been so nice. Cause I know you guys are so funny. And it feels like we're hanging out. Like I want that escapism from my content. And so I'm, I want to like provide that. It, have you always like felt like that, like that was your goal or it just sort of happened because of the genre you were in? Um, all kind of the same, I guess. I've, I've grown up. I always want to watch the happy ending. I mean, of course I can enjoy, you know, throw the hunger games at me. Anytime mm-hmm. I go by that Great. on TV, I'll stop and watch it and get sucked in, you know? It's amazing. 
but overall, I love rom-coms because you can sit through all the cringe, all the embarrassing, horrible things that happen, Mm -hmm. and you know it's going to be okay. And that's Mm -hmm. the best for me. And so that's what I always want to write. It's not like altruistic, like, oh, I want to make people smile. But it's just what I love. You know, I like the fun. I like the awkward. I like the horribly embarrassing, but ends up okay in the end, you know? Yeah, I think that's also like a nice thing too is life can be horribly embarrassing sometimes (laughs) and it's nice to watch it work out for other people because I know when I was like in high school and younger and watching a lot of the stuff and in college, I was like, man, but, and I'm... I wouldn't say like I'm a I'm not like a Jessica Day, you know what I mean? I'm not like a like a klutzy, like adorable, like right. <laughs> you know, but just life in general can be just embarrassing sometimes. Yes. Um and it's always nice when you're like, well, that I mean, she found love or yeah. he found love. So <laughs> She's they can an idiot too. And she <laughs> found love. <laughs> exactly. Okay, this is off topic of your book, but also on topic. What would you say? Like if you were gonna just be like today, right now, bam, I'm gonna go watch a rom com after this interview, what would be your 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 go-to or your go-to couple lately i've re-watched and rewatched so many times crazy stupid love but that's not one so of the good. classics but no. i watched that right before i wrote mr wrong number and i became obsessed mm-hmm. with jacob palmer and yes. that whole vibe so yes. anytime i'm sitting around that one i hit a lot i love i'm sorry i don't want to sound like i'm old school but like when harry met mm-hmm. sally Great the movie. banter in that you just can't yes. be i just love that one mm-hmm. You've got male. And I still love like the pretty woman. And I think I love all of them. Like almost all of the rom-coms. I agree about all (laughs) the things you just said. I think banter is really underrated in why a rom-com works. Yes. Because there's so many rom-coms where like the people are beautiful and the sets are beautiful and the costumes are great and the story is good. But like, they don't have that timing. They don't have that ding, 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 ding. And I yes. want to be, I want to be in that with them. And I think you did a really good job in your book of giving like a little bit of like, almost like a little enemies to lovers in real life. But then also in the book, you had like secret like friends <laughs> or in the text messages. But, but in all of them, like it was like, it was easy, even when they were arguing or they were like spitting a little bit of hate and or like animosity back and forth at the beginning it was still like bam 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 and I for me that's like that's like the hallmark for me of I'm invested now because (laughs) in a book or in a movie uh, or tv show like if they have that that for me, I will ship, I will ship that for life. Like I will, I will ride or die for those characters. That that is totally how I am. That's like, I think a lot of times, like I I think of Hugh Grant, I think Mm -hmm. he was, you know, he did whatever and whatever, and he's Mm -hmm. underrated and overrated for certain performances. But when you look at like Bridget Jones diary and even about a boy Mm -hmm. and two weeks notice with Sandra Bullock, I always Mm -hmm. think of him because the way he delivers his lines. I can still yes. think of him. Yes. The little lines he says, I'll think of them all the time because they're just so bam, bam, bam yes. under his breath. Just like perfect little comments where if you don't pay attention, you miss them. And they're what makes mm-hmm. it so amazing. Yes. He does that like uh, throw away the line so right. well. Like he yes. just makes it like so natural. Uh-huh. I agree with you. He is he's definitely like the other thing he does really well is the the connection of like paying attention to whoever is his like leading lady usually. And you can tell that he's watching them. You know what I mean? Like, like I want to be, I tell people this all the time. Like I want, I want to feel like this, like 
you know, like the scene where Colin's like, like he has to like clear his throat and back away slowly because he's like, oh, I'm going to pounce on her if I don't get out here quick <laughs> enough. Like, I want to feel like I want you to I want to feel that like, oh, I can't do anything else but watch you or be near you or or touch you or talk to you or whatever. Yeah. In a non-creepy soccer way, obviously she's into it. Um, <laughs> and I think Hugh does that really well where he's like, if you watch Pretty Woman, or uh, not Pretty Woman, um, Notting Hill, like he's always, even when she's the focal point of the scene talking to other people, he's always there. Like, yes, you know, like he has that connection and he's charming. And oh my God. Oh my God. The charm. He's got little floppy hair. Like you're like, you know, he's probably a terrible human. And yeah. you're like, but I still yeah. love him. I do. I still love it. Jude Law I, too. Jude Law, oh. man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't see the holiday until probably a year ago. Oh my God. And then I was like, okay, now I get it. It all yes. makes sense now. <laughs> I watch it every single year. It's one of my like three movies that I have to watch every single year while I make cookies. Cause I love it so much. He's like, I cry all the time. You're like, Say that slower. Yeah. I just need a minute here. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm a weeper. I weep. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So good. He's incredible. What? So I haven't read your, your YA book yet, but I just got it from the, I'm going to get That's it from okay. the soon. <laughs> obviously we're talking about this one. Um, one thing I like would love for you to sort of talk us through is, so your book is not closed door. Mm-hmm. But it's also not like super explicit. When you were writing, did that just sort of feel like a natural stopping point? Just because like in rom-coms, you sort of get to that point and then you kind of move on? Or did you find yourself like writing more and then being like, ooh, that feels like too much? Like, yeah. how, how did that all work for you? It this, was is like, really this is your first book where you're... Sexing it up, yeah. Sexing it up, I love yeah. it. Yeah, and you know, it just... It... <laughs> I'm going to put that in the blurb. This is the yeah. first book where she's sexing it up. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was very not intentional. Like when I started writing it, I had no, like, I I was like, you know, okay, they'll do it here sort of a thing, Mm -hmm. but I had no real plan. Like I want it to be closed door. I want it to be open door. I know that me probably is like, it makes me a perv, but I know that I, uh, I'm disappointed if, if a book is completely a hundred percent closed door, not always, sometimes it works, but sometimes you're like, I just, you built me up to this point and you're just going to go away now, you know? So I don't think it was intentional, but it just felt like with these two, like I wanted to show what's going on, but not necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that. You did it um, really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think the balance really worked because it's, it's like sexy, but not overt, like through the whole act. I thought it was really good. I also really want to give you some props because I don't, this is a pet peeve that we have with contemporary romance uh-uh. is if you don't explain to us what the birth control method is, then we get mad because we're like, well, where's the baby? Right. <laughs> and, but we don't really, nec- we don't want there to be a baby unless there's a baby on purpose. And that's like part of the right. journey. Otherwise we don't want a baby. <laughs> and also we tell, we say this all the time. And this is what you do is just tell us one time what they're going to do. And then we're going to assume that they're doing it forever until someone comments on it. And so you said one time, she says like, condom, he's like, got it. And that's it. And we're like, oh, good. Now we know forever that who will be prepared. That's so funny because I totally, I don't know if other writers feel this way, but birth control just messes up the sex scene. Like, yeah. like you know, when you watch a movie, you yeah. know, they're, they're like, okay, they're up against the wall in the kitchen and hot things are going to happen. Yeah. You don't ever have to watch them have the breakdown of, 
well, wait, what do you have or what do I have? Yeah, yeah, you know, who's yeah. packing what, what's going to happen here? For you sure. don't have to go through all that. You just get to see this beautiful scene. And so mm-hmm. I hate in a book, but it's ridiculous to not cover it because then For you're sure. like, so did they just have unprotected sex, even though they know right. nothing about each other's sexual history? Exactly. Really? They did this? Yeah. It's two, 2021, yeah. you know? Right. So, yeah, so I historical tried. romance. These people right. aren't like aliens who can't get human diseases, like who can control their fertility. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally felt almost like it was a cop out when I wrote it, where he just sort of says, condom, you know, she says condom mm-hmm. and he says, got it. And I was like, am I good? Does that cover it for the whole book? A hundred percent. Uh, as a reader, it was perfect because I don't need to like, we say this all the time. Like all you could say is like, I heard the rip of a rapper. Bam. Now I know there's a condom involved. Cause I know what the rip of a rapper means in a sec. Oh my God. Right now I'm writing down for the one I'm in edits. Rip of rapper. Done. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all, all we need it. Cause like, you know, I think readers are smart and people who read romance are smart and, and we infer and we know, you know what I mean? Like we don't need it to be like beaten over our heads. Like I read a book and every single time they had sex and they had sex in this book quite a bit. It was talk like he reached into the drawer and then got it out and then rolled it down. And I was like, it's too much. It's too much for me. And and, and I get that some readers might be into that and that might be great for some readers. But for me, it felt like, okay, I understand they're having protected sex. Like get to the sexy parts. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this. Or, in, or if there's someone who's on, you know, I also read someone who did an equally good job, which was like, she was like, oh, I'm on birth control. And he was like, okay, cool. Like next time we'll get bring our text results and then we won't use condoms and it was so simple and like so they use the condom once and then the next time and then and then they never mention it again because we've established now she's on birth control they got tested we're done we've established they're not idiots they're doing the right thing (laughs) exactly exactly and then although i don't know if you feel this way too but sometimes i like want people to be idiots in books because i want them to be like in real life no but in a book or a movie like i want them to be overcome by each other and by the connection (laughs) and like not think about it um which I know is like part of the reason why I love like paranormal and and um (laughs) because they can always be overcome because they're faded mates and like that person's not human and they don't have to worry about any of that wolves it doesn't freaking matter (laughs) exactly um so that's part of the reason I like those books because you don't have to think about it but I think you did a great job so major props to you and you know, what's funny is honestly, I was worried about, and I haven't seen it in a review yet because they're like technically on the kitchen counter mm-hmm. on their, their first encounter. And, and he says like, got it. And I'm like, so really, if anybody deep dives into this, there's a condom in the junk drawer. <laughs> oh, I assumed, you know what? I assumed that it was in his pocket. Okay, good. I was going to say, as I or his at- wallet or something, you know, okay. something like that. that's what I assumed. I was hoping readers would be smart like you and just figure out he had yeah. it <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean he's coming over he brought her a bed and sheets he's into her she's into I mean, him i mean he's just brought one just in case <laughs> a smart planning is what that there is. you go hopeful. hopeful also i totally get your now that you said that about crazy stupid love like the way you described him in the suits and stuff going to work with the glasses and i was like oh now i could see that because I totally he definitely gave off some Ryan Goss vibes. It's like it was funny because you know a lot of people into Ryan Gosling, and I was always like, you know, he's a handsome boy. I thought he was sure. cute in the Notebook, sure. but I wasn't like, ooh, Ryan Gosling. Sure. And then I saw Crazy Stupid Love, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, it's Jacob Palmer. Like I don't know about Ryan Gosling, <laughs> but I loved that overconfident, yeah. oh, smarmy, yeah. hot character mm-hmm. so much that it's like, 
I saw that. And then I was like, oh yeah, this character is getting injected with Jacob Palmer for sure. <laughs> and, and the best part about him for me, at least is because that in real life would not work for me. Uh-uh, like that's no. slick. But when she sees him without a shirt and starts laughing and he starts giggling and then they spend the rest of the night just like yes. talking and playing and laughing, like that's what you want. It's like, you want, <laughs> I would say you want to like, you want like, you know, a man in the streets, professional, sure. Like whatever. But in, in the sheets, I want someone who's funny. Who's going to laugh with me. Who's going to joke with me. Right. Who, like sex is in, inherently sort of goofy and embarrassing and lots be, of yeah. weird noises and vulnerability. And so I want someone who's going to like have fun with that. Like, I don't right. want someone who's going to be like, Oh, so slick in there. I want someone who's yeah. going to, you know, make me, Orgasm and giggle. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want it all. You know? Double threat guy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what are you working on now? Like what's your sort of writing? Are you, obviously you're doing an interview right now, but what's your normal day? Do you write full time? Do you? No, my normal day right now, I clocked out for lunch. I, uh, I still do my little eight to five. Um, I'm a facilities coordinator at a heavy equipment dealership at a Caterpillar machinery place. So, um, I mean, I'm still working from home from the pandemic, which I don't want to ever change because I don't want to ever put pants on that button again. I really accepted, um, elastic as my default joy um, <laughs> but my writing usually I work my eight to five I have kids and it's usually just once everybody's going to bed and you know like 8 30 at night I'll write most of my writing I do on Friday and Saturday nights and on weekends mm-hmm. and it just works I think sometimes when you're limited on time it forces you to be more productive when you for sure have time and so at this point it works for me I somehow managed to make it all fit in so <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's first of all, very impressive. And also I agree with you when I have a whole day ahead of me, so easy to putter around. Oh, oh I'm going to make breakfast. Then I'm going to read a little bit. Then I'm going to, yes. oh, oh, well, maybe I'll just do some laundry while I'm out and yada, yada. But it's like, if you have 45 minutes, it's like, you're going to just do the thing for, you only have 45 minutes. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, yeah. And I'm a big putter around my ADHD. It's like, all of a sudden I'll find myself, you know, where I'll I'll be like, did I just spend seven hours making a mood board for a book instead of actually writing the book? Like I just wasted two hours trying to find what I think this guy might look like. And once I'm done with this, I'm never going to refer to it again. I won't even remember where I found this guy, but I'm going to waste a lot of time doing it. So for me, it works to just power up and go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you like plot your stories ahead of time or do you just like start writing and see where you go? You know, it's kind of changed. I used to always just kind of just go mm-hmm. and that feels comfortable for me. But now that I've got things under contract, you know, they require like you have to have an outline by this date and all of this mm. stuff. So I've gotten a little more structured, but I try to combine it where my outline will just be really I almost do it like by scenes, like a movie. Like I'll sit there and think, okay, in the first scene I want you know, Olivia to be in Colin's kitchen crying and she gets the text. And the next thing is, and then, I'll, but I'll leave when I go to write that scene, mm-hmm. I'll leave it kind of wide open. So I still have the creative yeah. flow where you're just conceiving it then instead of it feeling like a writing assignment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a cool way to think of it. It's like getting you from point A to point B with like some moments and yeah. then 
like I use a ton of post-it notes, huge post-it notes. And I'll just be like, you know, seeing where they bang or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and I'll have like really cool notes, like countertop question mark, you know, and then I'll just sit down and be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be my notes <laughs> all about like the scene where they bang. Interesting. Could they be by a window? Should it be by a window? <laughs> I, mean, I have all these details and then I would again like you said it'd be two hours later and I'd be like I thought about this way too much I should have just written the whole scene it would have been right fun. And, and now my first grader is learning to read so I have to be a little more careful on my big post-it notes because you know all of a sudden she'll start so the other day I had I was listening to a playlist in the car and you know in the car it'll pop up like the name of the song yeah and there's one song I always think I can get by the radar it's, it's called i don't know if i can curse on here the f word yes, i'm lonely okay it's called fuck i'm lonely and, and it's yeah. like a little bop it's not even yeah. like heavy or serious you know it's a cute little song and you when you listen to the song you'd never even guess he's saying that word it just sounds like bop, i'm lonely so i'll have it on and not give a thought about kate and then the other day she's like looking at my display and she's like fuck, fuck i'm lonely and then she's like oh and starts laughing i'm like no 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 yeah, <laughs> you should, yeah, you should be like, um, excuse me, I have some pink in my hair and I write rom-coms for a living. I'm allowed to swear. This is how life works. Yeah. Do you have any, like, would you like in the future to work full-time just on writing or? Yes. I mean, I mean, the days, like every once in a while, like if I'm on deadline or something, I might take a day off and just write all day. Mm-hmm. And that is just the happiest like somebody asked me like, oh, how do you have to working all day? How do you sit down and write? And to me, it's still, maybe it'll change someday. But I think also I it had to wait a really long time for it to all happen. Like I wrote for a lot of years where, you know, I was just getting rejected all over the place. So maybe my high is lasting longer. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just like reading a book at the end of the day mm-hmm. or binge watching your favorite show or getting out the PlayStation where it's just my like, yeah, I get it right now, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I already forgot what your question is, but, um, oh yeah, I would love to write full time, but I also love things like benefits and 401ks for sure. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until I start bringing down that JK Rowling money or something, I'm know, probably right? just going to hold. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, like writing and creating can be such a solitary thing, like mm-hmm. being at your house all the time. Um, interacting with other people from different walks of life is probably good character inspiration and like and like I I find that if I like am doing other things that aren't like super super hard or creative at at a job or just like in my day I'll like be ruminating about the story or or whatever video I want to do or podcast that I'm thinking about and then by the time I get there it's like it's like mostly formed because I've spent all day kind of just like pondering it in the back of my mind Totally. Totally. That's totally how I work too. Do you have any authors that when you were first starting to write, you were like, Ooh, I want to, to write like this or write in a genre similar to this. Yeah. The first time I read a Christina Lauren book, I was like, this is what I want because there's tons of books that are called Mm rom-coms, but there's a lot of them are just really great romance, but they're not really that funny. And yeah. I love reading the stuff where it feels more like a rom-com movie, where, where there's yes. the awkwardness and the embarrassing and the, the fun. And so when I read, I don't remember what book I read by Christina Lauren, what the first one was, but it made me laugh out loud. And I was like, this is what I want to put out where it still can be spicy and it still can mm-hmm. be sweet, but I want there to be fun in there too. So Christina Lauren, for sure. And she just, they continue to get better and better. 
they were the first people who came on our podcast to interview. Really? Yes. And we had the absolute best time with them. We we were like, we were, you know, because like, obviously they're like prolific. They write a ton of books. You know, they have a lot of asks for their time. And so we were like, and it was our first author interview. So we were like, okay, like, you know, it would be great if you have like 45 minutes. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And we talked for like an hour and a half. And it was honestly like I was like are we all best friends can we just can we just hang out all the time you guys are hysterical they do seem like those people where you're like immediately like I want you to be my best friend yes and I think it helps you know normally my co-host would be here and I think it also helps when you do it with someone else because you develop that like bantery shorthand after all this you know time and when you when we do interviews together like for the, I'm speaking for the guests, but like for the guests, yeah. I think it feels like they're part of our banter and part of it with us because we're like so used to each other and like vibing oh, off sure. of each other. But yeah, they're, they're the best. And, and uh, we've read a bunch of their books um, and, uh, and reviewed a few on the podcast. So it's so funny. I feel like I got so lucky. Like I never knew, you know, like when you see a blurb on a book, you know, like mm-hmm. Christina Lauren says like, Oh, I like this yeah. book. In yeah. my mind, it was always very like, this author just happened to read this book and loved it and made this comment. And I never right. knew that you have to like send your book to authors mm-hmm. and beg, like, would you please read this? Mm-hmm. And the big authors, I mean, it's not their fault. A lot of times they just can't get to all the books. I mean, can you imagine being like Emily Henry or Christina Lauren? No, they probably get like a thousand books a year. Yeah. I'm sure every day of the week, somebody's like, mm-hmm. would you read this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I had, I think I had DM'd them asking if they would be able to read it. And I think they were like super tied up because they were, I think, finishing the soulmate equation or it was coming out or something, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, their agent was kind of like, they were really going, you know, they would try to, but, yeah. um, and then it was one of those things in the right, everything happening in the right time. Mm-hmm. My editor had also sent the, sent it to them and uh, Allie Hazelwood was doing her book launch with them, her book event. Mm-hmm. And Allie's, um, she's one of my friends. And they asked her like what she was reading lately. And she said, Mr. Wrong Number. And then uh, Lauren was like, oh, I think I have that in my inbox right now. And I was like watching, you know, it was a virtual event. And I'm like, oh my God, are they going to read it? Oh my God. And then they ended up reading it. And I was like dying. I was like, all my dreams have just come true. (laughs) That's amazing. It was. It was one of those things where I was like, my husband's like, what are you doing? Because he knew I was watching like a virtual, you know, like (laughs) event. And I like screamed and he's like, what? And I'm like, Allie just said my book. <laughs> I, I just read her book. Actually, her, a friend of hers, um, not like an author friend, just a regular friend. I know her. And she was like, oh my God, my friend writes romance novels. You should read her books. And she like sent me the name and I was like, sure, I'll read it. And I was like, this is great. I was like, send me. So I gotta, I gotta get, um, when her, cause her next book comes out this year, I think. Yeah. She's got another one. I don't remember when exactly, but she's got. I've read two of those audio novellas that just yeah. came out. She's uh-huh. so good. So I gotta, I gotta um, slide into her DMs when when her next book comes out because um, I enjoyed her last one. I mean, I think we're gonna do a rom com summer. Oh, that'd be because cool. we've been reading a lot of like we we like to skip around just because uh, you know readers have so many different interests and we uh-huh. and we have so many different interests and so we we don't want to only be like oh we're only gonna read rom coms forever right. because I enjoy like. I read a couple of like dark books and then I read this book and like the difference between it, I think 
makes it more enjoyable for me than reading like 15 of the same book in a row. So we've been reading a lot of like dark romance and paranormal and, and historicals. And so I was like, I think this summer we need like just straight up (laughs) hit you right in the feels laughter, you know, just like fun. So I think that's going to be our summer. Yeah. Well, Allie is seriously, I don't know. She's the most charming person on the planet. Like she's so funny. I just could watch her on events all day long. She's hysterical. So I hope you get to have her on because you'll have a blast. Yeah, I would love that. Mm-hmm. What What else are you are you reading anything right now? Are you watching anything that the, the folks should uh, tune into? You know what? I've kind of been on a TV hiatus for a long I just had a bunch of stuff due right in a row. Like between November and mid-February, I had like three different things I had to finish. Mm-hmm. I'm counting down the minutes till Bridgerton comes back on March 25th. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. And I've got a bunch of stuff I can't wait to watch. But I think the last real thing I binged was the the last, the last latest season of You. And that mm-hmm. was like a lot, like last summer, maybe, I think it was. Yeah. Did you watch yeah. that or read those books? So I, I have not read the books. I watched seasons one and two. No. Yeah, season, yeah, seasons one and two, but I didn't watch the latest season yet mm-hmm. because I was trying to get my husband to watch season one so that we could watch together, <laughs> but he only watched like two episodes of season one and he's like, this show is too slow for me. And I was like, that's the best part. It's so creepy and slow. Yeah. Like, I, I think my husband just... would hate it. So like a lot of times <laughs> the stuff I'll binge watch is in my office. Like I'll stay up till three in the morning when I'm writing mm-hmm. and I'll have it on, you know, mm-hmm. but I think my husband would hate you. I loved it. But, and you know what's weird? The audiobooks are narrated by, um, I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, Penn, Penn Badgley? No, they're narrated by, the only thing I know him from is he was the voice of Hans in Frozen. You know, like the bad oh, guy in Frozen. Um, okay, I know who you're talking about, but I, I can't think of his name at the book. Yeah, he's yeah, more of like a Broadway kind of guy. Yeah. And he narrates so well that the audiobooks. He has a great voice. Yeah, the audiobooks. I would almost venture to say are better than the show. Wow. But I what's see weird. that because he's like talking in your ear. Yes, totally. That. Like you put in your, your AirPods and, and you're like, like, oh, you're you're doing that. Oh, I right? that. like I it's so that. good. But um, but what's weird is the books are completely different. Season one is this pretty much the same, except for a few things, but like book two is set on an island. Off the coast of Washington, I think. And he's involved with the library. It's like completely different. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Do you listen to a lot of audiobooks? Because my co-host exclusively listens to, to audiobooks. I've never been an audiobook person. And the first audiobook I listened to was my YA because it came out and I'm like, oh my God, people are going to be voicing my people. I have to hear this. And now I... A lot of times in my day job, I have to do like, you know, process invoices for like sure. a whole day where it's just like processing. Yeah. So it's great to put it in. And I've totally gotten sucked into, I love, now I don't really listen to that much romance on audiobook because mm-hmm. for some reason it, I don't know, a lot of the words and stuff are seem weird in my ear. <laughs> I mm-hmm. rather read them. And, but um, I listened to both of Allie's um, novellas on audiobook and they were great. I think it mm-hmm. depends on narrator a lot too. For sure. And I'm obsessed with my own audiobook, like because the the male narrator for Colin does a really good job, and I feel like I'm a little bit psycho because I'll be like, I have nothing going on, you know. Maybe I'll just listen to a few minutes of that, and I'm like, you psycho, you wrote that, but it's like <laughs> listening to something else. It's not like listening to your own thing, you know? Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm, I think yeah. it's totally different listening versus reading mm-hmm. uh, for me at least. And also you should be proud of your work. If you like it, you like the person who's narrating it. I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's great. It's just, it's just funny. It's just, I, I think go back and watch my medium. funny sketch videos sometimes because they're hysterical. That's why I wrote them and did them because they're funny and make me laugh. <laughs> I made them for myself so I could laugh and they make me laugh. So. But I feel like a lot of the audiobooks I listen to are like mystery thrillers, like psychological thrillers, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that one. And I get really into those, you know, or like the evil husband and things like mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. that's not an actual book, but I mean, there's so many books like that. Yeah. You're like one step away from, um, true crime podcasts. Right. Like, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm that person where if I listen to one, I'm going to jump off because I like, I can see myself getting really into that. So yeah, I try not to do things that I know I'm going to get too into yes. aside from reading and watching movies and TV because like. I just, I know myself, like, for instance, I read your book. I loved it. I immediately was like, I have to read her other books. That's just how I am. Me too. I like, like I'll read, you know, back in the day, John Grisham. I, then I had to read his whole catalog. I read Anne McCaffrey. Then I had to read her whole catalog. Cause that's just like, this is who I am. Oh my gosh. That is so how I am too. That's my addiction is, is like more content or like an actor or a director I love, then I have to just watch everything they've ever made because this person obviously like vibes with me. Right. Last year after season one of Bridgerton, I was like, what's pole dark? Do you remember that? It was on like PBS and it's like eight seasons of like British. I don't know. And I got sucked into it and I was watching that every night. And then after that, I watched like Sanditon on PBS. And then I was like, step away from your era shows. You have to write something. (laughs) So yes, I'm kind of, I I get a little, a little crazy about things that I get into. For sure. Yeah. Do you watch Peaky Blinders? Just like, I don't. I think, I think you. I think you would like it. Don't. Don't Just, give me something else. <laughs> luckily, the seasons are really short, and the final season's coming out. It's like not going to be like twenty-five seasons. Highly recommend though. Does it have romance? Yes, it has. Well, yes and no. So it it's it's it has romance, but the show is pretty dark. Well, I, I knew that, but I so just the romances never... are not all happy. Yeah, but it does. Ha- it does have romance, and it does like have... relationship arcs. Yeah, like I, I don't need it to be a love story, but I usually have to have like where I'm rooting. Yeah, there are some. There are definitely some people to shit like to ship and to okay. like, earnestly <laughs> hope that they'll find happiness and joy. <laughs> Even <laughs> like, though you know they won't, <laughs> they probably won't. But I just want them to, you know, I want Tommy to be happy. <laughs> I don't know if he ever will. Well, sad days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also had the other day I posted a TikTok and I was talking about how I met. Um, I don't know if you have this experience. I met a new mom friend through my kid through their preschool, and we had all had lunch together. She was asking me what I do, and I was like, "Oh, I write, I consult, I have a podcast about." She's like, "Oh, it's about," and I was like, "Oh, it's about romance novels." And she's like, "How many episodes?" You know, just asking normal questions. Yeah. So basically, we got to the point where she's like, "You read a book a week," and I was like. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, and I was trying to like not get into it, you know, too much because I was like, oh, clearly she doesn't read. If she thinks one book a week is a lot, right. she's not a reader. And she's like, oh, do you read more? And I was like, I mean, I read like three to seven books a week, depending on the week. Some weeks it's less, some weeks it's more. You know, you never know. And she's like, a week. It's <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. I was like, you probably like. She's like a rock climber, and I was like, you probably spend as many hours like rock climbing I just choose to spend all that time (laughs) reading or watching like movies or whatever like other people garden 
or or they you know what I mean like people have their hobbies they craft or they do whatever like Mm -hmm. I I don't do those things (laughs) I think a lot of people who aren't readers don't think of it like a hobby they just think it's something like oh if you're really bored maybe you'll grab a book and I don't think you realize that it's the thing that you're like I cannot wait until 5 30 so I can put on those comfy pants and go back into this other world you know yes I agree. That's a great point. You know, they don't realize that that's my first choice. Like, right. right. Like, it's I, going into this other world is like, oh, my children are here, need to be looked after. Ooh, <laughs> let me throw on Paw Patrol so that I can finish this chapter. Like, I don't think they realize that that's my goal. Right. You know what I don't understand? And maybe you're one of these people too. Okay. So on Bookstagram, you know, everybody reads a billion books a mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand the people who have beautiful houses. And everything looks perfect and organized and Mm. they read that many books a week because like I read and write too much and it shows like, Oh, my house is a mess. My house is a mess. And it's like, you know, vacuum and dust or whatever, but I am, I don't have like bins and like cords not showing and stuff. And then I'll (laughs) see some people's houses and I'm like, so here's my theory. Here's my theory is that they read and take pictures or they take pictures always in the same corner because if you look at the bookstagrammers they typically are only looking at like one direction at their bookshelf or one direction at a comfy chair and then they just switch out the props so my theory is that only that one corner is clean and the rest of their house is normal like especially if they're a bookstagrammer who's getting free books from authors and publishers they must have boxes and shit all over their floors oh like I do okay um, I want to think that's my I don't- theory I don't want to believe that you're wrong because that makes me feel better. Like all these people who their houses look beautiful. I like to think you are right. Their house is a shit show. Also the, the people who I follow who do like DIY, like, you know, have the house, like, and they take pictures of houses all the time. Uh They even post photos where they're like, I did a photo shoot when the house was perfectly clean and I took a million photos and then, and then I just reuse the same photo. So it's only clean for like a day (laughs) and then the rest (laughs) of the time it's normal and they live there. Um, Especially because like you have kids, like the crumbs, I, I could sweep after every single meal because she's two, she, she gets crumbs on the floor every single meal. It's impossible for her to not get crumbs (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) But I don't sweep after every meal because like, I don't have time for that. I have other She's eating that... again in two hours. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. She's going to have a snack in two hours. No point in me doing this. I like, I don't do my dishes constantly. Like we used to live when we lived in our tiny house, I was much better about cleaning. First of all, cause the house was tiny. And secondly, cause there was no counter space. So if you didn't clean it right away, there was nowhere to like, you couldn't get a glass of juice out because there that was just sense. like no counters. But our new house, like, we have this big-ass island, and, like, it's fine if the dishes sit by the sink for a day because we have plenty of space to do things. Yeah, so I agree. I agree with you. And also, I, I mean, my husband talk about this a lot, like, the amount of money that I can make in the time it would take me to clean my house, I pay less for, like, a cleaning lady to come once a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, and we just we just choose to, like, again, like, it's about your priorities. Like, we don't like if to keep our cleaning lady, we would go out to eat less or we would do whatever because like <laughs> that's important to us to like not have to clean our own toilets or whatever. So it's all about, you know, because I, I also feel like some some people who are astonished by reading, I'm like, but you've seen every single show on Netflix and no judgment because I watch a shitload of Netflix, oh, yeah. but it's just priorities. It's just like, I haven't seen mm-hmm. everything. I've seen a lot of shows, but not every single one because- 
instead I read two books yesterday. <laughs> right. And that's exactly it. Like, like when I said, I take a TV hiatus, that sounds weird. Like I'm somebody who doesn't like, I love TV, I love TV. Yeah. but it's like during the day hours, you know, the kids are kind of in control in yeah. control and you're doing things. So you're not like watching yep. your shows and the time of day when I would treat myself and watch yeah. those shows, I would rather rate and watch mm-hmm. those later. You know, like March 25th, I have carved out to not write because of the Bridgertons, which okay. I hope to binge in like two days. Yeah. So I can just knock that out and move oh, on. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. We were talking about whether we should do like a Bridgerton like episode where we watch, you know, the first mm-hmm. half of the season and talk about it and then watch the second half of the season or something and talk about it. Because we did that with, did you watch Shadow and Bone? Have you read those? Yeah, I didn't read them, but I watched it. So we did that with Shadow and Bone. We did um, we did like four episodes about the show, and it was so fun to like watch them and then talk about like, okay, well, in the books this happened, but what do we think is going to happen in the show? And, you know what's yeah. terrible is do you find when you watch something before you read the book, mm-hmm. I always have the intention of reading the book after. Because obviously, like Liberdugo, it's not going to be... You're not going to read the book and be like, oh, I saw this already. I mean, she's such a rich writer that, of course, you're going to get so much more out of the book. But it's like I meant to read that forever and didn't. And then the previews, the second I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, God, I'm watching that the second it comes out. And I watched it and loved it. And I always meant to go back and watch it. But when you're prioritizing, like you've got this huge TBR pile. I'm yep. like, well, I already kind of saw that. So I'll read it later. I don't just I don't disagree. And also. We we talked about this extensively when we reviewed that season, but I personally don't think the trilogy is as so she had like the trilogy and the duology. So there was like the original Shadow and Bone trilogy and then the the Crooked Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Those two are fabulous. I would say worth a read for sure. Uh-huh. Um the trilogy, I would say just watch the show because mm-hmm. I actually think the changes they made for the show in her character and in her best friend's character. Mm-hmm made the show much better really made the show better or her characters rather better than in the book because in the book she's a little bit of a whiny pos for me really? <laughs> a, a little bit and he he has some real problematic themes as her best friend and like love oh. and trust but in the show they did such a good job of evolving that and making him really her staunch like ally and right like the scene in the show, for instance, where he f- comes back and saves her, and then they're like in the woods. Yeah. In the in the book, he's like mad at her that she like has this thing with the darkling, and she's like, "You left me, bro." And he's like, "Me me 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 me," <laughs> and like he's a little butthead about it. But in the show, he's just like, "It's okay. Like you don't have to explain yourself to me. Like I understand. Like it's okay." <laughs> and in the book. So at the beginning, when they're like just friends, he's like sleeps around with all these people and like kind of ignores her. Yeah, and like he he like doesn't turn down the Krishna. Like oh, like so like they definitely I think did a great job of 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 changing their characters. Not not so much that they're completely different, but enough that you really are like earnestly hoping that it will be okay for them. Right. Whereas in the book, I was like, bitch, you can do better. Go with the darkling. Okay, you know what's like, funny is I have had so many disagreements with some friends of mine about Ben Barnes on whether or not he's hot. And here's what I have come up with, okay? Tell me, tell me. The Darkling, Ben okay. Barnes is the Darkling. 
Hot. Make me your villain. I could literally, and I have listened on repeat to him saying that like 20 times in a row and be like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. But like when I see Ben Barnes on Instagram, like singing, I'm like, yeah, he's "Mm." so sweet. No, I know. Did you watch The Punisher? No. On Netflix? No. He plays a villain in that and he is. Huh. Really? Oh yeah, he's commanding and he's tall and like <laughs> we watch. We you he know what I mean? Like he's got that wood. menace. Like me and my husband watched it together when we were on um, maternity and paternity leave, and I had to like pump every two hours, as I'm sure you're you know this, the sketch because the baby's so new, <laughs> and so we would. So it was like we would kept watching episodes and. It happened to be like, she was like six weeks old and it happened to be like the longest stretch she had slept. So she slept for like five hours. So we had expected her to wake up. So we're like, well, let's watch another episode. She's got to wake up soon. Let's watch another episode. I was like, oh, I got to start pumping again. So I was like, give me some snacks. I'm hungry. All this breastfeeding is making me hungry. So he'd give me some snacks. Then we start another episode. <laughs> so then, then she finally wakes up and we've watched most of the season. Oh so she God. finally wakes up. We feed her. And then, play, you know, and then she's a baby. She's only six weeks old. So she watches the next episode with us while we play with her. And then she gets tired because she's a baby. So then he puts her to sleep. I have to pump again. So then now it's like, now it's like, it's like 12 o'clock. And like, we should have gone to bed because we have to take care of this baby in the morning, obviously. Like, she's going to wake up again at some point. But he was like, well, she's going to wake up in like two hours. So we may as well just keep going. So we, <laughs> so we watched the entire season. We stayed up to like four o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. And just had like the best time together. Um, but anyways, I highly recommend the show also because the show was great. But it was just, we, we kept justifying. Like, I was like, well, I had to pump in 20 minutes. So we probably should start another episode. Okay. That going. story is like couples goals though. Like, like I don't want roses and romance, but somebody who's feeding you snacks and wanting to stay up all night and watch that together. That is the moment. A hundred percent. I also, I also told them, which he did not succeed in. But I said, if we're going to stay up all night, I said, can't be a little bitch in the morning. I'm I'm tired. (laughs) I said, said, you have to still wake up and be nice. He said, okay, I'll I'll promise in the morning. He was like a grumpy little piece of shit for like, (laughs) until he took a nap later with the baby. So, so he's not perfect, but he is, he is great. Okay. Well, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you have stuff to do, but since you, you know, have had a long, you know, relationship, we like to ask some of our authors, what would you recommend for a real life happily ever after? What? You're asking me a serious question? It can be, it can be, it doesn't have to be a serious answer. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like in your own life, like what would you recommend? We've had a variety of answers. I don't know. You know, people always say, and I always think it sounds so lame when they're like, Oh, find your best friend. And people who Mm -hmm. say like, he's my best friend. Usually it's not like people act like they're like brothers and sisters. Like I love him. And you're like, but he snores and he's a dipshit and I hate him. And you're like, whatever. But like my husband is like my absolute favorite human, like kind of like your story with the Punisher. Like Mm -hmm. you could lock Kevin and I in a room together for 10 hours with nothing. And I would laugh hysterically the whole time because he's so funny. So to me, and everybody has their own things they love to me, a happily ever after is having fun. Mm-hmm. and laughing all the time that's all I want and I think that's probably why I lean towards writing rom-coms honestly because mm-hmm. I want the funny guy I want the person who is flipping you shit I don't want somebody who's like 
I love the way the light sparkles in your eyes. Like, that's cool and all. But I want the guy who's like, hey, dipshit, I got you a hamburger. And you're like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. I feel like our husbands would get along. I, my husband (laughs) went, went to Vegas early in our relationship. Actually, I think we had just gotten married and he went to Vegas for a work conference and he came home and all he brought me was a tiny jar of jam, free jam from, but it's the same brand that I love. And I have my normal jar and I love tiny things. And his friends are, he was like, Oh, hold on guys. I got to grab this jar for my wife. And they were like, I don't think your wife's going to want you to bring home this jar of jam. And he's like, you guys are dumb. You don't know my wife. She's going to throw that. He gets home and I was like, that's how small. It's tiny. And I said, look at it next to its big friend. <laughs> I was so excited. I was so excited about it. <laughs> and all these other people are like, oh, maybe I should get, you know, get my spouse or my girlfriend or whatever, something nice. And my husband was like, no, no, no. She wants this tiny, this tiny jar of free jam. And he was right. Oh my God. I really, he was right. really want like a whole podcast to hear about loving tiny things because this is (laughs) I am obsessed with the first time I saw a pomsky which is a a pomeranian mixed with a husky but it looks like a tiny husky yeah no way I lost my mind I was like it's so small like how cute it is it's so fluffy it's like a puppy that never gets big it's so small I love tiny things I I just like things that are like not the right proportion I also like things that are like too big but they're supposed to be but mostly I like things that are small um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like, not like baby stuff. I mean, I do like baby stuff. I think babies are cute. Obviously, it's not you know, supposed whatever. to be small. Babies are fine. But yeah, things that are like, like he got me like a tiny jar of Tabasco <laughs> or like a, a tiny bottle of scotch, but not the like, not the little like airplane sizes, not a shooter, but like just a, like a tiny bottle of blue label because he knows I like scotch and he knows I like small things. And I also think being obsessed with like a weird thing makes it really easy for your spouse to like buy things for you or to bring things for you. Right. Like everybody's like, you're so thoughtful. You know her so well. And he's like, no, she only wants small shit. <laughs> yeah, she, she only wants weird, small stuff. And, and I think that, that, I think that that works well for me. I'm totally picturing you opening the door out of your little sound booth and walking into a house. It's like everything <laughs> is miniature. You go make, you go to your tiny Keurig that like is smaller oh than God. your thumb. That would be hysterical. <laughs> no, so I don't like things. To, it's not like practical things. It's like, like when you see something that's just like, it's just out of place, you know? It's not like I want my desk to be little or my laptop. Like I want my monitors to be big as hell so I can look at all my spreadsheets and stuff. But like I want, I just want certain things to be like, absurdly unnecessarily small okay and this is what makes your husband magical that he can look at the jam and know it fits that little like no it's not 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 that stupid tiny it's the perfect absurdly tiny for her and it was my jam brand too and he knows my my jam brands (laughs) again it's that thoughtfulness like we were talking about circling back to the beginning of this it's like you want that person who's gonna like give you shit and make you laugh but also who's paying attention to you yes and like knows you which like circling back to your book which is what we're here to talk about mostly (laughs) is like colin like gets her and like understands her and pays attention to her like he sees that she's like i mean this is like a giant gift but like sees that she's like been sleeping on this mattress and napping on his bed and so instead of like you know he like is like i'm gonna buy you a bed I'm going to buy you sheets too. I'm going to like, you know, like I'm going to pay attention to the things that, that matter to you. And it's funny. I saw somebody say that like Colin and Olivia, they hated at the beginning, how mean they were to each other. And I was like, were they mean to each other? And I started to think, 
you know, everybody's just different in their relationships, but mm-hmm. like my husband and I were laughing the whole time, but all the time we could be like, Hey, idiot. And, you know, say mm-hmm. something. And I'm oh, like, 100%. I suppose, you know, this is her brother's friend. Yes. So in my head, I'm having him being yeah. like, Livy, the water. Oh my God. Yeah. Pay attention. But yeah. in my head, it's her brother's friend. That's how they talk yeah. to each other, you know? Yep. So I think it's all just so personal. <laughs> I agree. No, I didn't think they were mean to each other. I definitely got the vibes of like, she, he used to give her shit and then she grew up and started giving it back. That's yes. like, and, and I think if you aren't a shit talker, it's hard sometimes to, to understand because I agree. I'll say my husband at least five times a day, I will murder you in your sleep <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I will <laughs> kill this whole, like, and I don't mean it seriously. I'm not going to really murder my husband, but I think the, like that's just how we yeah we'll be like what is wrong with you what goes out of your mind mine is the I craziest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> and if somebody overheard me being like I will cut you they would yeah. probably be like oh my god and I'm like no no, no. he thinks it's funny we both think no, it's, he funny. Thinks it's okay. funny no he's, he's giggling look he loves me look at that endearing smile he's giving cut me him. he's feeling my crazy scissors <laughs> He loves me so much. Look at how happy he is. But I just said I would murder him. Now he knows. My husband told me once when we were first dating, which I think you'll appreciate, that the day he stops giving me shit is the day I should start worrying. He's maybe not in love with me anymore. Because he's like, this is how I show you my love, by constantly, constantly poking you and poking the buttons and trying to get a reaction. And he's like, the day I don't do that anymore is the day that you really have to start being concerned about, about our love. And uh, he still annoys me every day. So we're still uh, beautiful. <laughs> we're still working. <laughs> okay. You guys, obviously Lynn is the best and we love her so much. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. This is an absolute blast. Thank you for having me. I don't want to go. It was too fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll have to come back next time you have, you know, next time you have another adult rom-com, come back on the show. We'll talk Definitely again. next March. Oh, great. Um, all right. Well, dear listeners, as you know, until next time, may your books be your lover and your hand, your best friend. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.